Uh, (laughs) Hello, beautiful souls. And welcome back to love yourself fiercely. I can't wait for this conversation. I know I say that every time, but these women this season are next level today. We have Laura Martin, who is an IBS specialist. So she helps women connect the dots between their IBS symptoms and their, their anxiety to heal naturally, which I freaking love to have somebody here who's connecting our emotions and our gut health is remarkable. So Laura, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I know. I know we totally clicked in our screening meeting and I'm just so excited to dive so much deeper. So with that being said, I would love for you to share a little bit of your journey, how you were able to self-navigate with your own symptoms of both IBS and anxiety and how you made the connection while also falling in love with yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It really was that. Um, So it started all when I was 24 years old and left at a rock bottom moment. I had lost my mom at the age of 22 unexpectedly. And when that happens, I, you don't know what to do, you know, and I chose self-sabotage in the deepest, deepest way. I got heavily into like partying, drinking drugs, that whole thing. I ended up going to Asia. (laughs) I was volunteering out there and then I ended up staying and ended up being a six year journey there of self-discovery, getting into some sticky habits. And in those sticky habits, I ended up ruining my health, obviously, um, in that Mm -hmm. process, because the way that I dealt with loss was obsessing about food, because if I was obsessing about my diet and I was obsessing about my exercise, I didn't have to think of what I was doing, you know, on the weekends or late at night and doing the like being stuck in relationships I shouldn't have been in or, you know, grieving the loss of my mom. Um, and in that process, I ended up really damaging my health. And then at 24 years old, it was my lowest moment. I was, you know, contemplating ending it all. And it was one of those things where I was like, you have two choices, right? You continue doing this and that's not going to end up so well, or you take radical responsibility for your life and you start putting one foot in front of the other and building the pieces from there. And that's what I chose. And for me, that meant nutrition because my health was so bad at the time. My relationship with food was so bad at the time. I was 40 pounds underweight. I was going to the bathroom maybe once a week. Um, I had hypo or yeah, hyperthyroidism, then hypothyroidism, my social and everything anxiety. Like I couldn't do anything. I had no emotional control. Like anger was my plateau. Like that was my normal baseline. Um, I hadn't had a cycle at that point in three years. It was it, my body was like, excuse me, miss, like we've been trying to communicate with you and now we're just <laughs> going to throw up on you for everything. Yeah. And so I went back to school. I had a conversation with a friend, um, told her what was, what I was thinking and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I need help. Like I, I need help with where I'm at. She's like, all right, well, you know, you have a really messed up relationship with nutrition. (laughs) Why don't you go learn about it? So you stop fearing it. And so that led me down that rabbit hole. And what I learned there was in this industry is all it is about restriction diet. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with you. This is the way you're going to manage it, but there's no solution. But at the same time, they were teaching me about epigenetics and how, you know, yes, we have genetic predispositions, which I have thyroid issues and fertility issues wrong in my family, but what they were teaching us is that by our lifestyle choices and our nutrition and our mindset, we can change that. And I was like, so how am I stuck with this? This doesn't make sense. And then same things with like my mental health, we were learning about neuroplasticity. And I was like, so 
the way my brain fires and wires my whole life, you're telling me, <laughs> hold on, like none of this is making sense right now. Right. Um, and so I went on this mission of just, you know, being a curious person, being willing to learn, take being my own guinea pig and, you know, had a really disordered relationship with everything that was going on. And I found my way into my naturopath's office. She was like, so do you want to talk about how your depression is linked to all of your health issues, specifically your IBS? And I was like, not really left and did a candida cleanse. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And it was one of those things, but like, it sticks with you. And so you like, keep trying different things because you're like, "Uh uh-uh, like food has to be it because this is what I've read, learned, studied all the kind of things like this has to be it. And then finally you're like, I've literally tried everything else. Like, fine. I will look at my emotions and like what I uncovered was just, again, I dove deep into this neuroplasticity and epigenetics and the way, you know, our microbiome changes within 72 hours. And it was, it finally gave me hope, you know, it was one of those things. And so I started to connect the dots and start to build this stuff and getting this momentum. And from there, people were like, what are you doing? How are you healthy? And wanted to start working. And then healing to happy was born. And I have kind of just become a conduit of it all, of just kind of experimenting with things and studying things and things I've learned in school and all that kind of stuff. And just from that have learned that if our mind is getting away from us, that's just a symptom. If our body is getting away from us, that's just a symptom. When we stop chasing symptoms, we actually get to the root cause of what's going on. And from there we can breathe. And from there, it's Mm -hmm. actually this journey of self-discovery that like when you're struggling with your brain and when you're struggling with like IBS, you have no choice, but to listen, you know, and we get to love ourselves in a completely new way. If we just switch our mindset from being broken to being, I'm slowing down to learn, baby. Like I'm, I'm here to understand what's going on. And so I love that so much. (laughs) Like I just, I, I could listen. I could probably listen to you talk all day because (laughs) you just like, you're so funny the way you, you share. Cause you just are like, and then this happened, but then I wasn't ready. And so I went over here and I did all the things that I knew maybe probably weren't helping, but, um, so walk me through what that self-discovery process looked emotionally because losing a parent unexpectedly at any age cannot be easy, but as a woman in her early twenties, really just understand, starting to even think about who she is as a woman in this world, um, that must've been a really difficult onion to unpeel as you navigated that. Yeah. And so, the, I mean, that whole journey started, um, when I was about 16, cause my mom, after our divorce, she fell into a bad, she fell into addiction, um, which I didn't know she was struggling with her whole life because that wasn't something we spoke about. Um, unfortunately, but yeah. that unfolded. So I started to detach, not really understanding in that thing, really detached from who I was because he was like, what the heck? just happened, you know, especially at 16. And I remember one argument I was having with my brother's girlfriend at the time, ex-girlfriend now. Um, (laughs) and she was like, you know, I realized I'm just arguing with someone that doesn't have parents. Like I'm and it like smacked me in the face at that time, but still I didn't listen. And it wasn't until I was at that point at 24, when I was like, you have to mother yourself. That is your only option here. Like, what are you going to be a loose cannon and end up the same way? Like, we know how that ends up. Figure it out. Like, take responsibility. I know it sucks. Like, it's one of those things that, like, we fear looking under the bed because we're so scared what's going to come up. And we fear, like, taking responsibility because that means we're at fault. But really, when we detach from that, like, I'm not at fault 
for what happened with my mom or, you know, the relationships I had or any of that kind of stuff. But I am responsible that that's what I chose. Like I didn't choose at that moment to be like, I'm going to live because of that took me, you know, two plus still in some change years to sit there and be like, I'm going to be the woman who, and I'm going to live because of not use this as my victim story, not use this as my self-sabotage. Like no one's going to love me because of this and being that girl that carried that shadow around with her. It's like, I'm going to carry this light inside of me because I'm here Mm. and I know how quick life is. And I know in a drop of a hat, something can happen emotionally. Something can happen, you know, physically, something can happen in life. Like even today, when we were hiking out today, me and my boyfriend were just walking around being like, Oh my God, like we have able bodies to hike up this mountain right now. How freaking cool is that? And, you know, we don't really get that chance in life because we aren't, we aren't thinking in that way, you know, picking up your foot, being able to breathe, you know, your eyes opening in the morning, like all these things we really miss. And so I spent my whole life missing that. Like I spent, I can't remember things from my teenage years. I can't like the moment I started to live my life as if it's in hindsight. So say I'm going to be some famous person on all these TEDx things one day. It's like, what's the story I want to tell? And then also what's the story I want to tell when I'm 98 and I'm sitting there and it's my last breath, like that, those seven seconds that flash before your eyes, like what are the memories I want to have there? Not, not this, I'm losing 10 pounds and I'm trying to fight this illness and I'm trying to do these things. And I'm trying to like heal my relationship with my mob. What? Like, I can't do those things, but I can't sit and live and be a better person and mother myself, even if I don't get the opportunity to have a mom. It's one of the most crucial ages too, like being a teenager and then being a young adult. And it's those early stages of like, you're no longer living under a roof and you have to learn to cook (laughs) and wash your clothes and like buy things and handle money. Like it's this whole thing of like, I asked my dad and like, thank goodness he was raised by women. And like, he has a very (laughs) feminine energy to him, but it's one of those things that like, you can't replace a mom. And like, I gotta, I'm still in the process of finally being healed enough in my, myself to just now be healing that. You know, it's, yeah. it's coming up on seven years and like her birthday was just recently. And was, that's when it hit me. I was like, you're still going to grieve this because you can finally not numb it enough Yeah, to feel it in your soul and let that process through. And so, I mean, anyone that's struggling or any of that stuff, it really, it, it's not that it goes away. You just kind of learn yourself in a totally different way of how you move through those emotions as opposed to blocking them from touching you. I love that. I, I I think you touched on a lot of different pieces there. One is, you know, the feminine energy, allowing yourself to feel, um, in my world, in the love yourself fiercely world, we talk a lot about how, how as women, we naturally suppress and numb and distract and do all these things because feeling is so uncomfortable. And, you know, I also have this concept that I teach that I've always loved because it gives such a beautiful visual of what that looks like. You know, we always wear the armor. We put the armor on to protect ourselves from pain. But what ends up happening is we're trapping the pain inside. Like it's not going anywhere. It already exists. And so when we get the chance to release that and take the armor off and allow the feelings to rise and sit with them and honor them and let them move through you, that's where the heal, real healing begins. And that's what you're saying. I'm not numbing anymore. I'm allowing myself to process. And, you know, you're absolutely right. That time in your life, like 
I think back to 22 and I'm like, I didn't know shit about shit. I, I had no idea. Right. It was like, I think I'm an adult and I, I think I've got this figured out, but that's a really pivotal time as a woman, a really pivotal time. And so, you know, I love that you were able to kind of have that. Yet We call them, I always say the come to Jesus moment, but it's like that moment of clarity of like, this is, I get to choose now. I have to take responsibility for what the rest of my life looks like. And, you know, it's that 90 year old rocking in the rocking chair as her life comes to an end. What is the story that I want to tell? What is the impact that I want to leave on the people that I loved and the people in my life? You know, that decision to choose to live that way is not only honoring your journey, it's honoring your mother, it's honoring your future lineage. And it gives you purpose, a whole new purpose to, to always be putting one foot in front of the other. So I just want to take a moment to celebrate you in that, because that is a really difficult thing to, to come to when we, you know, are so used to patterns that, that self-sabotage and really derail us from, um, going through the, the emotional waves of life. So I just want to take a minute to celebrate you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so, funny because go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go. No, I was gonna say it's funny because you never even realize in those moments, right? Like I remember at 24, the reason I even wanted to figure my stuff out was like, I don't want to have a phone call to my brother. Like it wasn't even because of me. Like it, mm-hmm. I didn't think about my the way I live my life now. Yes, like the three things I want to do is like change the industry that I work in when it comes to gut health. Two, I want to change the love stories that my family has seen. Like I want that love narrative thing that we have. Mm-hmm. And then two, I just want to change the way my children, specifically my daughters relate to themselves. Like I want to change that lineage story. Now it's at that before it was like, I just don't want my brother have to pick up his phone call, like phone and hear another story. And so it it is like, it's, it's these small micro moves that eventually lead you to be being that nine-year-old. But at first it's like just tomorrow, like what is 1% better for tomorrow to get me out of this space. And like, yeah. cause when I would like think about like, holy pickles, like when I'm 90, like that would be like, I'm like, I don't even know where to start and like deer in headlights. Yeah. And then you're like frozen and can't move. But then it was just like, okay, 1% better, 1% better. Like, let's keep moving here. And then eventually you're like, oh my God, how am I here? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's so true. It's, I, it's like, just keep taking one step forward, one step forward. Um, And so I want to talk a little bit because we both love the energetics and I want to talk a little bit about, um, your journey to really embracing your feminine energy. And, and that is what you talk about now, right? It's like changing the trajectory of, of the women behind us and having that incredible love story. And because we're both in energetics, we understand how powerful being in our feminine energy is and, and allowing that to be such a huge presence in our life. But talk to me about when that came to be in your life. Cause this always fascinates me. That's been in the recent year and a half, I guess that's been a huge thing. Cause I've always been super self-conscious about how masculine I've been. I've always been a dominant force and I don't like, don't get me wrong. It got me to where I am in my business. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. Um, but relationship wise, it was not working so hot. And the way I spoke to myself, it wasn't working so hot. And the way I was in communion with sisters and, and this whole thing that really matters. And I craved it deep in my soul. I used to be that girl that was like, 
I'm only friends with men. Like girls are oh, such same. That, 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 that. Like this whole thing. And I would look at, it, I'm like, girl, you were just protecting your vulnerability. Chill. Like, yeah. that, is not, that is not a strong force that you have going on right now. Like <laughs> the things you can do in community are bananas. And so it was one of the things actually in this last year and a half, um, where I was getting to my end of my chapter in Asia and I really felt it in my soul. I wanted to leave on my terms. I didn't want it to leave on like a, something sour happened and I had to go. Like, I was like, no, like I'm complete with this self-discovery chapter, but who am I? You know, like I am this health girl. I'm this businesswoman. I run everything. This is my black and white. This is it. Like that is the way it is, but it wasn't fun. Like there was no play. There was no sensuality. There was no sexuality. There was no voluptuous, like it wasn't scrumptious, not how I want my 90 year old self. I want to look back and be like, Ooh, your life was freaking delicious. Like that was fun. You had so much fun. Um, and so I really sat out. I really just sat with the universe and I was like, something come up, like, show me what I need. And I started connecting with a bunch of women and learning how that went. And, you know, slow it, thankfully, like moving back from Asia, I knew no one my parent, my dad now moved to Florida. So I went to stay with him for a few months while I got on my feet. I know no one there. Um, I then met a beautiful man who I'm now wildly in love with. And he was a guy, you know, my sunset man, but like, then he got transferred to Texas and I moved to Texas. I don't know anyone there. Like it was this moment of like, I get to learn about me. Like I, like it started in Thailand when I used to, you know, go it all day, all night, like this whole vibe. And then same thing with my business when that all started, but like it started with, I started to take Fridays for myself. And of course, when, at first it started to be like FOMO and like, what am I going to go do? What is everyone doing? Yeah. Pick up your phone. Da, 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 da. But it, it slowly became my most sacred time. Like, how am I feeling? Like I, I never allowed myself to actually feel that. And sometimes I would just dance around my kitchen, like screaming and letting my emotions out and this whole thing. And like, I would come to Saturday and do my workshops and whatever. And I was like, oh my God. And so when I came to this time, this last year, when I came home and I didn't want to make friends, like I wasn't pushed. I was just in it, my partner, Elvis, he was like, go, go make friends. And I was like, I really don't want to right now. Like, it's not that I'm incapable, but I really want to be, become my own person. Like who the heck is Laura Martin outside of healing to happy outside of, you know, the things that have happened to me and the stories that I lived, I know they're important, but who am I in this next chapter of becoming a, you know, future wife, a future mother? Like, what is that? And, Mm -hmm. and, how do I sit in that loneliness? And so really tapping into like taking bubble baths all the time. Like I have silk everywhere. Like I make everything, like even right now I have my crystal, I'm in a hotel room, mind you. I have crystals everywhere. I have my candles lit up. Like it is, a. <laughs> I'm, I turned everything around so I could stare at the mountains in the background. Like yeah. how would I treat, like I realize in our lifetime, we don't treat ourselves like the people we love. We treat ourselves like the people we hate. We're the last people. We have illnesses. We have ailments. We have all these kind of things. And we're like, let's tough it out. But like, if Elvis even has a sniffle, I'm like, what do you need? Like, do you need soup? Yeah. Do you want to take a nap? Like, how, how are we doing? Like this whole thing. If my dad ever had the illnesses that I had, God, I would hire him the best specialist in the world. But for me, I was like, rub some dirt in it fast, go stronger, do better, cut these things out. And now I'm like, no, like, how do I want to treat myself like someone I yeah. love and feel those things? And today, like, we were on top of the mountain, just like, I literally can't tell you how many times I cried because it was so beautiful. And just allowing that to come through because mm-hmm. it feels so good to feel that and seeing, you know, how life progressively goes from allowing that in. And, you know, I, I love 
literally everything you just said, because it is, it's what we struggle with as women. We really do tough it out. I, you know, for our listeners where it's the air quote, tough it out because we don't prioritize ourselves. We don't care for ourselves. And, you know, for those of us, I always ask the, the women who listen to the show who are mothers, like, would you just dismiss your child's feelings? Would you just dismiss your child's illness? Would you just say, suck it up and move on? You would never, we would never to the people that we love, but we were the first, we just push it aside, push it aside, push it aside. And then I love what you're saying about finding who you are in feminine energy. What do I love? What lights me up? What feels good? You know, the, the coveted bubble bath. I always use it as a joke because I remember being so heavily in masculine energy and looking at those women on the internet in their luxury bathtubs at two in the afternoon. I'm like, I would never. And now I'm like, okay, I'm feeling super overwhelmed. We got 45 minutes between end of my, my meetings and, and picking my kids up. And that, what am I doing? I'm in the bathtub because it's, a hundred percent about caring for me and meeting my own needs. And same with hiking. If nature brings you to tears, be there. If water brings you to tears, be there. If you are learning who you are, think about the things that you loved as a kid, like dancing around, dancing and singing and, and writing and crafting and all of the creative ways that we um, self-express as children is, are the first indications of how you can self-express and embody feminine energy now. And I want to talk about your relationship now, now that you are comfortable in your feminine energy, talk to me about how this relationship with Elvis is different than any other. Oh my God. He's the love of my life. Um, but really it's one of those things that all my relationships before, right? Like specifically the one before the last, like I was an abusive relationship with a drug dealer that was trying to kill me multiple times. Like it's, it's going from that, having the strength to be like, we're done here. Like, this is not okay. What's going on. And that took a lot. That took a lot of meetings and a lot of therapy to get out of those things. And then moving into the next things, you're, I'm still so defensive. I'm still so protective of my heart. I'm still so like, I didn't know what it meant to be loved. And at the time the guy after him told me, he loved me. I literally said, why did you do that? The last yeah. thing you ever <laughs> want to freaking hear, like what? Right. Laura, please stop doing that. But I realized how badly that hurt him. And from that moment, that's when it clicked of like, we're done here. We're done being that person. No more dating. No more, no more even like testing the ropes here just to get your ego boosted. Who the heck are you? And what do you need to heal right now? Yeah. And that sucked. Like, I remember when COVID first came about and I listened to the entire Beyonce album front to back. I can't tell you how many times. And I was like, dad, I'm feeling like I called my dad and I'm like, I'm going through a breakup. And, da, 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 da. and he was like, who did that? Who'd you break up with? Like, what are you talking about right yeah. now? And it's because I was feeling every breakup I ever had. And so actually without this, I left Asia because I, a whole bunch of things, but one of the reasons I wanted to find a husband, I was very intentional about it. I feel like I had done the work and I asked myself, okay, so who do I want in a man? Who do you know? We've all done that list out the guy, yeah. the characteristics, all this kind of stuff, what we want to do. And then I asked myself the question, okay, so a man like that, who would you have to be to attract a man like that? Mm -hmm. Not just that, because who the heck you're being right now? No, 
that's you anxious around food and obsessing about all this kind of stuff, needing to control everything, doing heck no, you give me a headache. Like, no, we're not doing that. And so I went on this internal thing. And then my actual, like my going away party, my friends threw me a surprise bachelorette party. <laughs> that's they, amazing. Cause they were like, we know you're going to find your husband. I know we have, you haven't found him yet, but here we go. And like, this guy kept coming up in my meditation. I even wrote it in my journal. And like, I went back to verify that this was true. He had this anchor tattoo. He was carrying my baby girl, like this whole thing. And I was like, screw it. And like, even I told my assistant at the time, I was like, something in Texas is calling me. I don't really know what it is. And she's like, so are you leaving to Texas? And I was like, don't worry. Like you're not losing your job. It's fine. Um, so I come, finally I do close my offices in Thailand. It got to be just too much. Come home three weeks later. I meet all this with an anchor tattoo. Our third date, he gets transferred to Texas. I'm like, okay, universe, this is a little too much right here. Um, and it's one of those things of who I get to be is me. And the way he loves me, he doesn't have to figure that out because he just watches what I do and he knows exactly how to love me. Like there's no question asked if he knows, like right now he's outside somewhere playing video games. He knows after this, I am putting on my robe. I am putting candles everywhere. I am sitting, I'm drinking champagne in the bathtub. Like he has, and that's how he'll set it up for me. Like it's one of those things he set up my office here. He has the crystals, the candles, like because of the way I love me. And the way I allow this feminine energy to come in, but he also sits like before we even got on this call, he like saw me getting into my masculine because I have to work, right? It's one of those things. And so he kisses my head and he goes, I freaking love your brain. And then he leaves. And it's one of those things before, if any, like I think about our relationship and it's one of those things that I would have not been able to receive this. Yeah. You know, if, if I was still in this defense, I would have sat there being this woman, who I thought had to be strong. And, you know, I can't let him see me cry because he's going to think it's ugly or he's going to think my emotions are too much because everyone's always thought my emotions are too much. And now he just sits there and he's like, is your Libra acting up? (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) He's like, he's like, like, is this because you're a projector, like in human design, like he's so out, but he's trying to figure out. And he's like, is this just one of those like things (laughs) things <laughs> and I'm like, I love yes, it baby yes baby but like yeah. it is it's it's a different kind of relationship that I've never opened up but I know it's because of who I am mm-hmm. you know that he is allowed to see that and you know you feel safe in your feminine which allows him to rise in his masculine and you can receive that you know and as women who live predominantly in their masculine we don't even first of all, you can't receive in your masculine period. And second of all, it's uncomfortable. You know, I always teach, I got to share this with you because I think you'll get a kick out of it. When I teach feminine energy and everyone's like, how do I do that though? Which is the opposite of how you do anything in feminine energy. You just be, um, I always teach women to do it with orgasm, right? Like you feel safe enough to be with your partner sexually Orgasm is the quickest way to access your feminine energy because you're allowing yourself to receive. And so that's always their homework is like to play in, in intimacy and, and in sexuality with your partner and allow yourself to receive and watch how he rises to the occasion. Right. And it's like, (laughs) literally, (laughs) literally. And, uh, and so it's a really, you know, it's, but when we give them space to rise in their masculine and we allow ourselves to feel safe, to receive that the balance 
in relationship becomes something most of us have never felt and, and something most of us have never felt safe to receive. Yeah. And and a big thing is, is stop trying to fix people. You know, that is a masculine mothering energy in that kind of vibe. And we mistake feminine energy of doing and cleaning and cooking and cleaning. That's not it. You know, Mm -hmm. that is mothering. Like Elvis is perfectly capable of doing anything on his own. You know, if I want to cook with him because it makes me feel like a goddess and I, you know, I put my silk robe on and it's like this thing and it's fun. You know, it's not because I think he's incapable and all he will do is eat Cheetos. If he chooses to do that, he's a freaking man. He can do what he wants. So, you know, like right. I don't, it doesn't affect my life. I'm going to sit there and be like, you're going to be gassy and you're going to sleep over there tonight, but goodbye. <laughs> like, right. But it is one of those things that when we realize we don't have to fix people. And also when you're talking about like sex, like oxytocin scientifically spikes testosterone, go take a bubble bath and then look at your man with those like come and get me eyes. And he's going to be like, where have you been? And it spikes their testosterone. We have to do the work to actually raise our own levels of oxytocin to bring on that testosterone, you know, and be able to sit there and be like, Oh my God, like you are so delicious and make them feel like a man, you know, and not, not in a way that's like, Oh my God, you did the dishes. Like it, it, like something like that, but like, Oh my God, you did the dishes. Like there's nothing hotter than that. Like, it's like a, mm, and watch him do the dishes more often too. Right. Right. (laughs) It's so true, you know, but it's like, it's not natural. It's not what we're taught in our society. And so it's like a relearning of how to be seen by our partners. And when, when we figure it out, it's honestly the greatest level of intimacy on every level, you know, in partnership than um, I ever thought was possible. And it sounds to me like you never thought this was something that you knew you could have either. So I love your love and I love your <laughs> journey. Um, and I, I just, if you could leave everyone with like one last thing, what would you tell them? I say it all the time, but it's always true. It's just, you cannot be at war with your body and win, or you can't be at war with the world around you and win. Like we have to be able to sit, look under the bed, see what's going on, make peace with it. Like, we've all made mistakes. We all, we all will continue to make mistakes. Stop living in fear. Like you, when we're talking about feminine and masculine energy, like it's just a sense of being and knowing and trusting because you've made it this far, you're going to be okay. The more you push, the more you fear, the more you fight, the more you kick, the more you scream, the more you belittle yourself and let your shadow sister run the show, as opposed to your goddess, the harder anything is going to be, whether it is health, whether it is intimacy, whether it is wealth, it's going to suck because how you get anywhere is how you stay there. Wouldn't Mm -hmm. it be more fun if you were having orgasms and adventures and life along the way, like and your body will receive that. Like even your health, like when it comes to everything, like your body receives that in such a different light. But if you do it out of pain and lack and fear, it's just, again, that's masculine energy. That's why it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Or it works, but it takes twice as long and it's hard as hell. So I love that. And I am obsessed with you and I know that my community will be too. So can you tell them where your favorite platform is to hang out and how they can get in your energy more often? Yes. I am most active over on Instagram, which is it's Laura Patricia Martin. Um, that's my personal one. And then the business one is healing to happy. 
And we will link all of that in the show notes. Laura, thank you so, so much for being here. I'm I'm just so excited that we met and that we were connected. Um, and I hope we get to work together again in the future. Me too. Have a good one. Thank you. And to our listeners, I hope you love yourself fiercely and fully today and every day. We'll see you on the next one.